Hey everybody, welcome to Lady of Light Podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Ricker. John 1.5 says, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness can never extinguish it. I have a good friend with me today, Owen Fields. Owen, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, thank you for having me. Uh, Owen and his wife, Laura Lee, are dear friends of ours, and they're leaders here at the Waterfront Church. And Owen, let me just start off by saying, watching you and your wife, Laura Lee, since you guys have come here and how fast you have grown and been challenged in your faith, how much you guys serve, and you're just, you're such a rock here at the Waterfront Church. You guys have blessed us so much. I just want to, I just want to say it's been awesome watching you guys. Well, thank you. It's definitely encouraging to hear that it is a blessing for you because I'd say it's just as much or if not a bigger blessing for myself and getting feedback on the growth that can be struggle to see on my own is encouraging. And I'm just grateful to be a part of this community and to continue to grow with everyone um, as we continue to seek to honor and glorify God in everything we do. Yes, so good. All right, so a couple weeks ago, you shared a message on the parable of the sower as found in Matthew 13, and it starts in verse 3. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Owen, just what are your thoughts on why you think Jesus used parables? So whenever I... I reflect on what is the reason Jesus used parables. Immediately, I find some comfort in the fact that his disciples asked the exact same question. Yes. In Matthew thirteen ten, it says, Disciples came to him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And when I hear Jesus' response, this challenges me because his truth is the standard. He has given an appropriate response, but in some sense, it doesn't bring a whole lot of clarity. Yes. Because behind that, he is telling us that to those who have more will be given and to those who do not have, um, or what they do have, what little they have will be taken away. And, and for me, that's hard to grasp because it seems like those who have little, in a sense, need more. So why is what they have taken away? Right. And so diving deeper and trying to understand this, I look at this point in Jesus's ministry when he starts to teach in parables and how it's a shift from teaching plainly the, the truth, the gospel, and what he's bringing, the fulfillment of prophecy, uh, plainly teaching these things. And then there starts to be um, 
this response by the people, and there starts to be a large following after him. And this following creates uh, a lot of different uh, followers, and some of those followers are the religious leaders, and some of those followers are are offended by the message that he brings. Yes. And so Jesus, knowing this, has shifted from plain teaching to parables. And I believe he's shifting to parables uh, for a few reasons, because at this point in his ministry, he knows and teaches that the the most beneficial way to teach the truths about the kingdom, um, very hard truths that can be hard to understand at the at the surface, but teaching them in a way to where somebody who is truly seeking to understand and know more can lean in and and wrestle with and grasp the truth that lies behind the meaning of the parables. And for those who do not truly desire to seek understanding, their interest will start to fade. And and I really feel like this is important for us because he knows, Jesus knows at this point what is the most beneficial thing for those who are following him. And the most beneficial thing that I believe he is showing his disciples is those who continue to seek me, who continue to desire to know more, more will be given. And he's fulfilling this very thing in teaching the parables. Um, It does not benefit people to half-heartedly follow him. Yes. It is only going to further puff up their own self-righteousness and their own pride to half-heartedly receive kingdom truths whenever their heart isn't um, willing to hear him. Yes, I completely agree with you. Um, The Lord wants us to seek him and to search for him. In Proverbs 8, 17, it says, I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently will find me. And Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. So it's so true what you're saying about being half-hearted. Like if we really want to, to know the Lord and love him, then we're going to seek him out because when we love something, we will seek it out and we'll learn. And God was, or Jesus was challenging the people through the parables to really, like you said, lean in, listen to what he's saying and seek him out the meaning behind that. I love that. I believe um, this also exemplifies its nature when it comes to uh, how much he loves those who are continuing to um, pursue him. It blesses him to uh, be able to bless those who seek him. But, but also it, creates an opportunity for those who stray away to realize their need for him. Yes. And, and although it can be a hard thing to grasp, he is still glorified in it, knowing that um, those who fall away and become distance, that there is a hope in repentance whenever they are not being uh, fulfilled by 
his spirit, by his presence. And, and we also see, even in Romans, whenever it talks about those who reject God, he will use um, those who accept God to make them jealous uh, of what he's doing. And so I believe that's another act of redemption in the fact that people who had lost their uh, focus on who God is but have created their own image of what they believe God is and what he has to offer, um, whenever he brings that truth and they stray away from him, uh, people are able to see and uh, be jealous and long for a true relationship with God. Yeah. That's so true. That's awesome. I love that perspective. So let's go down to verse um, 19, where it talks about the parable of the sower explained. You read verse 19 for us. Sure. Verse 19 says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. And, and so when I read that, whenever I hear uh, about the condition of the heart, the soil that is along the path, which is hardened, which is enabled to receive the word of God, which is the seed, it is a heart that is not willing to accept the word of God, but is reliant on its own understanding. It is a heart that um, has rejected God's truth and does not allow it to take root. And we also see with the, the bird representing Satan, um, the bird will come and snatch away the truth, knowing the power behind the word of God. And, and it also shows the condition of the heart that is not willing to guard itself um, against the, the enemy and the enemy knowing the power behind the seed is always looking for an opportunity to, to snatch that. And we'll see that continue to play out um, in all the soils when it comes to uh, protecting and guarding ourselves against the things that will distract us or keep us from having our attention on the Word of God, His truth, and who He reveals um, in, in Jesus Christ Himself. Um, yeah. yeah, that's true. It says that anyone who hears the word of the kingdom and doesn't understand it. So they're at a place where they don't understand it, but do they even try to understand it? Like there's such a hardness there. It's like they don't, they don't really care. They're not even trying to understand it. Uh, what about in verses 20 and 21? Verse 20 says, As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word, and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arise on account of the word, immediately he falls away. And this, I believe, uh, is another one of those really hard, challenging truths. Um, whenever we see someone who has received the word with joy, um, this is... This is something that we should all celebrate. But I think Jesus paints a pretty clear picture that the emotion of receiving the word isn't the, the full picture of what it looks like for a heart that re receives the word. Yes. And 
And when it comes to all of these uh, examples, um, I believe Jesus is laying out these examples not to condemn those who do not have a heart that has the proper soil, but to expose the heart um, so that anyone who is not truly desiring the Lord can see the condition of their heart and cry out to him, asking for him uh, and his spirit to come in and to work and, and to prepare the soil, to prepare the heart in a way um, that is able to receive the word of God and allow it to produce fruit. And so when it comes to the rocky ground, this is someone who clearly, in my mind, uh, received the word and has seen the benefit it has for themselves. Yes. Because there's there's so much joy, but there's not a clear understanding of, of what it looks like to, to fully walk out uh, his truth. And one of the words that really stands out to me is, they receive it with joy, but there's no root. They endure for a while. So someone that endures for a while is not completely patient. They're not willing to be steadfast. So they're not allowing the word of God to continue to work in them. And whenever we are not patient, it shows a lack of love for the father because love is patient. And it endures. And whenever we love God, he works in us and allows us to establish that root and to endure. And then again, I believe this, these trials, these uh, persecution, tribulation, these things are a way to expose our faith. And we know that anyone who endures trials or tribulations, although not easy, Whenever the Spirit of God is working in them, it draws them closer to God, not further away. Right. So anyone who is falling away, it is evidence that the Spirit of God is distant from them. And again, he's, he's there, he's waiting, he's desiring for us to um, turn from being self-reliant and becoming reliant on him uh, f- to heal us in this time to bring us the comfort we need not relying on our own uh, expectations and pleasures so anyone with rocky soil I believe is simply have they simply have a painted picture of what they believe a relationship with God looks like and they're not willing and they're not desiring to know the father to seek to know him and allowing his truth to transform them and to not, they're not allowing themselves to walk it fully out. Um, because we know whenever we love someone, we're doing it more than uh, out of the emotions of our heart. But we're willing to walk it out because of um, the willingness in our heart to, uh, to show our love for that person. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. Like, I too, when I, when I read that and I hear that they received it with great joy, it's like, it's probably this perspective of being very selfish and like, what 
God can do for them and like thinking, oh my gosh, God is just going to fix my life and his blessings are going to be poured out on me and my family. And as they start to walk out that Christian walk and endure the trials, they realize it's not like that at all. And there's, there is that distance. They are not really pursuing the Lord and that rocky ground. There's, they're not making effort for growth. There's not, uh, maybe repentance to remove those things that are not allowing the word of God to take root in their life and bring about that transformation that would really help them grow. What about, um, verse 22? Yeah. So verse 22 says, as for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. And again, this is another one of those very challenging truths. Uh, I believe we get a little perspective uh, when we look at uh, the explanation of this parable in all the gospels. And it seems to, it seems that the person that received this seed has produced fruit at some point. Um, so it's it's a very hard thing to grasp whenever we think about how can someone uh, receive the word of God, allow themselves to be transformed, to start to produce fruit in their lives. Right. But then the enemy has sort of taking hold of their heart and allowing themselves to be distracted, to be... uh, taken their focus has been taken away from producing fruit for the kingdom and they become double-minded in a sense focusing on the things of the world uh, the deceitfulness of riches and the comforts that the world can bring and i think scripture lays it out pretty clearly that is this is something regardless of where our relationship is with god it's something that uh, anyone who is truly desiring to grow with the Lord, anyone who's walking in reverence and in fear, um, who truly recognizes the blessing of God's grace and mercy on us, this is something that we have to constantly be aware of, is the deceitfulness of the world, how it's constantly pulling against us, Yes. how it's wanting us to be distracted. There will always be things to worry about there will always be things in the world that can grab our attention and we're so quick to justify what those things are and what that looks like whenever in reality it it, at the root of it it come it becomes about our own pleasure and our own comfort you know the the world is living for itself and as god's children as his representatives here on earth we are called to be holy and to walk in righteousness and what that looks like is guarding ourselves from being deceived from the worldly pleasures that can so easily take us away from the word of god it is the word of god that produces fruit in our lives um, as the spirit of god works in us through that there's clearly a sense of surrendering to the Lord and being on guard against 
these things that so easily knock us off um, from producing fruit. Like we, I think one of the evidence is of having a genuine relationship with God is continuing to seek out um, more of who he is and, and it becomes less about what can God do for me and becomes more about how can I continue to give back all that you've given me and, and that looks like continuing to um, pull away the distractions of our life and having that self-control and that discipline of making space for God to move, being able to sit in his presence and getting to know him, getting to know his will for our life and not allowing the comforts, the comforts that can so easily distract us these comforts can be um, really deceptive in the sense of they hide themselves. It is uh, it's not as easy and clear as the comfort of being at home or the comfort of uh, financial security. These comforts often show up in relationships and the way we try to control uh, the routines in our life and the relationships in our lives and not willing to step out in faithful obedience to what God has called us to do, it often can look like not being humble and willing to um, have those hard conversations, not willing to forgive because because our pride wants to keep us from uh, stepping out of that comfort and wants us to sort of control our environment. And the Lord is so... Uh, gracious and desires us to grow in our uh, relationship with him. It's an act of love that he shows us uh, when we walk out these hard truths that we're able to uh, nip them in the bud and and to see the fruit that happens whenever we're in uh, relationship with him. So not allowing the the comforts and the deceitfulness of the pleasures of this world uh, to keep us from having a deep, meaningful relationship with him. And I think the biggest thing uh, when we read this is the the power and the deceitfulness of money. And we know, like, the love of money is the root of all evils. And right. it's not money itself, but how quick we are to justify uh, the resources he's given us for our own pleasures. Um, the Lord loves whenever we use the resources he's given us to glorify him and to serve the purposes of his kingdom. But whenever the money is suited for our own needs and comforts, um, it is almost disrespectful or, in a sense, it's saying I'm going to lean back on my own reliance of producing my own security, my own pleasures, because what you have to offer isn't enough, so... I'm going to take the resources you've given me um, and use them for myself. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. You know, when I think about thorns, because the the verse before that was about rocks, and this one's bringing up thorns. Thorns are something painful. Like, nobody likes thorns. And I think about, like, I have five kids, and when one of my kids gets a splinter, something similar to a thorn, 
and their dad is trying to take it out. They're like screaming and crying, please don't, please don't take it out. It hurts, right? But yeah, it's going to hurt when you take it out, but it'll actually hurt more if you leave it in. It's going to get infected, whatever. And so like I've noticed like this long season that I've been in my life where it feels like things are coming up to the surface, these thorns, thorns that can be, um, something like, like patterns that have been a part of our life, like rejection, insecurity, fear. And like, God is wanting to like pull that out as he's brought it up to the surface. And I'm thinking, God, please no. Like, can we just not touch it? Just leave it. I was like, no, we have to take this out because it is hindering your growth. It's hindering your walk and your relationship with me. It's hindering you seeing me clearly and, and hearing my voice. And so there's those things in our life that God is wanting to pull out that are painful. Um, and like you said, like when we're going through those things, we're reaching for comfort. Like, oh my goodness, anything to bring comfort, anything um, to help distract us from what we're experiencing. But when we reach for the cares of the world, like you said, we're those distractions, we're trying to be self-reliant, we're trying to make ourselves feel better, we're trying to feel more secure or we're comforted, um, we become unfruitful. There's such a lack of maturity and growth in us because we are not allowing God to do the work in our hearts. We're not allowing him to take those painful things out of our hearts to break the patterns and help us to reach a place of maturity and growth. Um, so we're not seeking him in his kingdom. We're seeking our own comfort. And it's true. There's such a, a change that we can see in people that are walking with the Lord. But as soon as they're going through something, it's really painful and hard. It's so easy. And and you watch them just reach for the comfort and they start, they stop seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness and they seek out the comfort and the cares of this world. What about in verse 23? Verse 23 says, as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case, a hundredfold and another 60 and another 30. Um, I believe it's, one of the other gospels that talks about uh, bearing fruit and having a, a good heart that is patient. And in, in Matthew's, he just talks about uh, understanding it. And just the word understanding it can be packed with so many different elements. But I love the idea of having a heart that is good and patient because oftentimes we're not going to see the fruit right away. It, it does take a good and patient heart and a heart that trusts in what the Lord is doing in us. And um, I don't have any examples off the top of my head, but we can think of uh, many different uh, fruit trees or plants that may take many, many years before they can produce fruit. But once they start to produce fruit, they produce fruit in abundance. Yes. And uh, I believe that that's important because just because we don't see the fruit doesn't mean that God isn't doing a work in us. But it's continuing to allow him to um, guard us from taking our attention and focus off of him and 
and keep us from straying into the things of the world. And so whenever I think about a, a heart that produces fruit, it's continuing to show up and ask God for that strength to persevere, to ask God um, for that wisdom and understanding, which oftentimes doesn't come the way we want it to come. It can come in uh, very small glimpses, but but he's more than enough. And we just think about what God has done through uh, Jesus Christ and the cross and redeeming us. Um, that alone should produce in us enough perseverance to withstand anything that the world can throw at us. But so often uh, we take that and we we forget. We forget because we think we understand, but the enemy is good at um, making us think we understand. And in reality, we just had a response. We had an emotional response, and we have not truly surrendered and allow ourselves to be in a place of humility and willingness to know that uh, God wants to grow our understanding and he wants to continue to feed the appetite he's placed in us, that desire to grow, um, to know him more, to um, live beyond this finite uh, world that we're living in that is, you know, falling apart, that we have a secure place in eternity. And so when we're able to um, just continue to to allow God to work in us, we, we start to see that fruit, and, and that only happens whenever we allow him to work day in and day out. Um, and we will be uh, encouraged by the fruit that he does produce because God knows exactly what we can handle and what we can't handle. And he will bring the people uh, that we need in our lives at just the right time to encourage us and to uplift our spirits. But it, it's important to to know that whenever we hear God and whenever we're walking with him and his spirit is leading us, there is confirmation that the Spirit brings in our hearts. And if the confirmation isn't there, we need to um, submit ourselves to the Lord and ask Him for clarity on why the confirmation isn't there. Because the thing that uh, really sits on my heart is anyone who has been preach the gospel or who has been grown up in the faith and believes that they can inherit um, their faith because they go through the acts of religion or because their family has uh, gone through the acts of religion and there hasn't been true uh, transformation by the spirit of God within their hearts and their right. hearts are not calling out to God and are n they're not being transformed in their mind and in their heart and and these things are, are clearly laid out, laid out in scripture as evidence that God is working in us and so to be content and complacent and to not know without a doubt that there is God, uh, the creator of the universe working in me 
and continuing to grow me, um, you know, it's an, it's a reason to evaluate and, and that's all I got on that. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, right, right on. So when we look at good soil, we think about good soil within the hearts of a believer. It's one who hears and understands. It's one who um, is diligently seeking the Lord, allowing God to remove those rocks and thorns, the things that are hindering them from growing and the root of God's word to take root within them and bring about transformation. Um, it's having a surrendered heart, like you said. Um, they're yielding fruit and uh, maturity is established in our life. You know, when I think about believers and followers of Christ, it takes um, someone who is mature to be able to receive correction and truth from someone else. And when someone can't receive correction or truth or have accountability in their life, then that shows the lack of maturity, if that makes sense. So um, accountability is is huge. Like we as believers need each other and we need people within our lives that are going to hold us accountable and help show those blind spots or bring light to some rocks and thorns in our hearts that we don't see ourselves, you know, because it's been a pattern in our life for so long. Um, and to also have a community of faith, of believers around us that encourage us to grow in our faith with one another. Um, when did you feel like you were really growing in your faith? So whenever you first told me you were going to ask that question, it really made me think uh, about when when did God really start to work in my heart, or more, when did um, I stop resisting and just allow God yes. um, to move in ways that are um, beneficial to myself and are pleasing to Him, and and it, it is really uh, difficult to say it was by any thing that I did. I mean, I think ultimately God gets all the glory. Um, sure, I'm sure there was a sense of deep repentance and recognizing that I was clearly living for myself and deceived by the enemy and seeking out my own pleasures and comforts and aligning my um, values with that of the world and not of the kingdom of God. Um, and, and so I think it, for anyone, regardless of if you've received, um, the spirit of God working in your heart, or if you're not sure, like just repenting of where you've been and how you have sort of become self-reliant and turning to God and, and seeking him for a renewal and allowing him to to give us the strength giving us the legs to walk giving us a mindset that starts to um, be focused on the fruitfulness that that he desires from us and and so for me specifically um, I think it was just like a moment of deep genuine repentance on my part and his spirit was working in a way that 
started to uh, just take away uh, and make space for him to move. I think that's the biggest thing. I, th- I think allowing him to, to move and work is by far the biggest thing we can do. And that comes from following the convictions he puts on us and following the desires of um, that he's placed in us whenever it comes to seeking him out. So it can be easy to ignore those convictions. It can be easy to ignore those desires. But true growth happens whenever we make time and make space to hear God's voice. And we're willing to walk out the convictions and the desires he places in us uh, for his glory. And, and that really starts to happen whenever we're in, in his word and he, and he shows himself over and over again. Um, and it bring us, brings us to a place of conviction, like his truth, his word brings conviction. But conviction alone um, doesn't mean we're walking in them. And so when that conviction comes, are we willing to step out in faith and trust God that these convictions are ultimately what's best for ourselves and what is going to glorify him and his kingdom. And and for me, I think a big part of walking out my faith is is the heart the Lord has placed um, in me when it comes to uh, seeing so many people who are lacking a relationship with God and and knowing that he doesn't need me, but he desires to use me uh, to reach those people in my life. And so if he is wanting to use me, then I can't get in the way of that. Uh, I don't desire to get in the way of that. I, I want him to use me because he wants to use me. And that's motivation enough is his love for me and his willingness to to do everything, to come down to this earth, to um, lay down his life on the cross, and to redeem us um, with by his grace through faith alone. And so my response is, well, how do you want to use me? And let's just uh, surrender to that. Amen. That's awesome. Well, Owen, I thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your heart. I think it's beautiful and awesome what God and the Holy Spirit has revealed to you through the parable of sowers. So thank you so much for sharing. You are welcome. Thank you all for being patient and listening. And it's a a pleasure to be on the podcast with you. Thank you, Rebecca. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. God, thank you for the parable of the sower, God, that really paints a beautiful picture of what our hearts look like. God, I pray, Father, that you would help us, that you would give us the strength to listen and obey. Father, that as you begin to reveal the rocks and the thorns, the things in our life, the patterns, the fear, the rejection, the insecurity, the pride, all those things, God, that get in the way of hearing your truth, of experiencing your truth and walking in it. 
Father, I pray that by your grace and your power that you would begin to remove those things. Father, I pray that we would be surrendered to you. We would make room and allow you to work the way you want to work. Father, I pray that our ears would be open to hear your truth. Our ears would be open, God, even for correction, even for something that we don't want to hear, God, that goes against the grain of what we want or what we think we should do or what we think we should have. Father, I pray that we'd be surrendered and allow others around us, God, that you have placed in our lives to speak truth, to, to bring about accountability. Father, I thank you so much for your word and who you are. And I pray, God, that you would just continue to break up the ground in our hearts, break up that rocky soil in our hearts, in our community, in our nation. God, that the, the water of your word that washes us, that cleanses us, that gives eyesight that is pure and, and clean, God, that helps us to see things the way you see them, that helps us to see people the way you see them. Father, I pray that your living water of your truth and your word would flow through our hearts, would flow through our community, would flow through our nation. God, that you would bring healing and restoration because only you can. Father, if there's ever been a time that we have needed you, it is now, God. We need your word. We need your truth. The enemy has bombarded us in our world with so many lies. God, I pray that you would break the stronghold of the enemy, that you would break the web of lies that he's created, and that your truth would break forth, setting the captives free, bringing unity among believers in the church and bringing your hope and your redemption, God, through your love and your power. We thank you so much, God, for your grace. Let our hearts be soft and pliable in your hands, God, and let your word be rooted within us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Be blessed, stand strong, Pick up your sword, the word of God, and fight in the power of his strength and love.